The April 20th Mindful Parenting Retreat Day is filling up fast. Join me and other parents in Wilmington, Delaware for a day of rest and relaxation, mindfulness and mindful communication practices, and a live podcast too. And my special guest for the live podcast is, drumroll please, Lynetta Willis. You know her from episode 366 and 400. She is a psychologist and sought-after speaker who teaches her Triggered to Transformed program to struggling parents. Join us and bring a friend to this powerful day-long retreat in Wilmington, Delaware on April 20th, 2024. But hurry, space is limited. Go to mindfulmamamentor.com slash retreat to get your spot now. That's mindfulmamamentor.com slash retreat. The thing that I was chasing was inner peace inside myself so that my home could feel like a peaceful place. And so those are the biggest changes that... I notice. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 339. Today, we're talking about going from a struggling mom to a mindful parenting teacher. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have, and when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of Mindful Parenting, and I'm the author of the best-selling book, Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Welcome back to the Mindful Mama podcast. So glad you are here. Hey, listen, if you love the podcast, do me a quick favor and head over to Apple Podcasts and leave or Spotify, leave a rating and review. It makes such a big difference. It helps the podcast get to more people. And that's what we want, right? We want to be part of the change to transform things. So do me a favor. If you've ever gotten value out of this podcast, go over and do that. It just takes a minute. You are going to love this episode. I'm so excited to talk to Robin Greenwood. And Robin is a stay-at-home homeschooling mama in Oregon. And she has three kids. And we're going to talk about her journey to in mindful parenting. And we talk about really like her beginning, like how her parenting wasn't working, right? When she was losing it and yelling, she gets really open and vulnerable with this and talks about how that's the last thing she wanted to do and how the answer was for her to get some help ASAP. And so from there, not only did she transform her own parenting, but she went further to take the journey and to learn how to teach mindful parenting. And honestly, selfishly, Teaching is like the best way you learn something. Um, So she deepened her own understanding and now she's sharing the tools with others. It's really, really awesome story. You know, we talk even about how it's a spiritual journey. It's really, really powerful conversation. Okay, let's do this. Join me at the table as I talk to the wonderful Robin Greenwood. Well, I'm excited to talk to you because I've known you for a while now. Feels like how, how long has it been since we've known each other? we've been, you've been doing some, some work with me. Definitely a few years. Um, haven't had the chance to meet you in person, but hopefully one day, one day, big hug. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, yeah. Um, We're going to have our, uh, mindful parenting teachers conference. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my youngest is three now going on four. So maybe I've been saying two years, but maybe it's three or four since like discovering your work and, 
going on this journey myself. So, um, yeah. So, so I asked Robin on because Robin is one of our, one of our first mindful parenting teachers certified. We did, did the certification program and has been teaching mindful parenting in the community as best you can during the, you guys got like started in COVID time. So it's, it's doing, doing what you can with that. And so I'm so excited to, to talk to you about this because this is like, you take my baby, you yeah. take my baby and you're taking it out into the world. <laughs> so, um, so maybe we can just start kind of at the, at the front end of that story. Like how, how's it been going so far? What, what is your experience like teaching it out in the world? Yeah, it's been really, um, really encouraging for me personally. And then of course, in my own home, um, because it keeps me in this work. And that was why I dove into it of like, okay, I want to, I want to teach this so that I myself can stay accountable to this work and just really have this work ingrained in my bones to where it's like, it just flows out of me. I think is how I describe it rather than it being so much work. And so I feel like, I'm past the point of like, gosh, this just takes so much work and intention and effort. Um, and yes, it's still a learned practice, but I feel like I'm on that other side. I'm over that hump to where there's a little bit of ease having this be more of a lifestyle rather Mm -hmm. than, um, something that I'm continuously learning and, um, and really having to practice with a lot of concentration. Um, so it's been really encouraging in that way. And I'm currently in the middle of a the third class. I have two sweet moms. So tomorrow nights are our session three. So it's just sweet. It's just a sweet time to get to know some of these other moms that I've had history with and um and share your baby with them. So <laughs> and I do describe it as that way. I said, this is Hunter's baby and like taking it out into the world so that we can help share it for her. So um, I do use those words with people. So. <laughs> so what's you, you, you describe like, this is some things are parts are challenging, you know, for to kind of like make more natural and some, so I'm just wondering like, what's easiest for what kind of skills are easiest for you and which ones are hardest for you? I think for me personally, just like looking back at the hardships that I came into discovering this work initially was my reactivity. So the mindfulness practice is becoming easier. I wouldn't say it was in the beginning. It was, I really struggled to, it felt like a forced, like I got to force myself to do this versus now it's, um, it's something I crave. It's like something Mm. I, I crave that quietness. I crave that time to just be alone and just to sit with the sound of the birds or to take a mindful walk with no little people or no dog or anything. Um, <clears throat> so I think that piece has shifted for sure of, of this is a practice that just, I truly see how much it grounds me now. And so it's something I look forward and crave to having. Um, and then I think the piece that's probably still the most challenging for me is I think reflective listening, I think that still takes a lot of like concentration, thinking about it before I speak it back because it still feels uncomfortable. It still feels funny and weird, Mm -hmm. but I also appreciate when others reflective listen back to me. And Mm -hmm. so I see the power behind it and I know like 
I believe in it, but it's not just like flowing out of me with ease. And so that still Mm -hmm. takes a lot of, um, just mental concentration to kind of formulate how I'm going to say that before I just spew it out. Cause I was one that would just react with my words. And so Mm -hmm. having to really think about that before, um, I think is still the practice. And you're describing like really what it takes to kind of go from like just reacting to choosing how you want to respond. I mean, that's really what it, what it takes. And it's so interesting. And what you're also describing is this sort of like learning ladders sometimes is what it's called. And this idea that first we're unconsciously unskilled. We don't know what we don't Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. This is kind of the blissful ignorance place. And then we move up a step to consciously unskilled. And that's when you know what you don't know. And that's a hard place to be because then you're like, oh, I, I know what I want to be doing, but I Mm -hmm. am not able to do it yet. And then we move from there to consciously skilled, which is we know where we want to do and it takes some effort, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's conscious effort to, to use the skill. And then ultimately what you're, you're describing is like kind of wanting to get to that place of consciously unskilled, um, which is where you're, you have the, or no, no, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, unconscious unconsciously skilled. Sorry, skilled. that's what yeah. I meant to say. Yes. So no, I'm- <laughs> you're, 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 you're just using, you know, this is just part of you now and you don't have to be consciously sort of using the tool. Yeah. Um, yeah. That just takes time and effort. And I remember you sharing like those ladders and those steps. Um, when I was taking the eight week course live from you, or maybe it was teaching it back to you. And for my personality too, I'm like one that wants to max out on whatever I can max out on. And so that was like a motivation for me of like, I want to get to that point. I want to get to that unconsciously skilled level. Like that's where I thought that I was going to be as a parent. Um, so that was a big motivator for me of those like steps of like, how can I get there? And then breaking that down into, okay, well, teaching this is one way, right? If I can teach Mm -hmm. this to others, it keeps me in the work selfishly, but it also, um, helps me to practice what I'm preaching. Right. Like, um, so I I know what you mean. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Not to say like, you know, and to be humble, obviously in it as well, but to be proud of the successes and to be proud of the wins. Um, but in a humble manner too, of also meeting other moms and their struggling place and to be like, I have been there and walked there and I still have really rough days. And that non-striving 80, 20% that you share about in your work too. Like that 20% is always going to be there because we're human. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's unfortunately never an option, hundred percent perfection. Yeah. And that's okay. I mean, that's the reality of this life like too. So accepting that as well, but um, yeah. So I'm curious about your own story. And so was mindful parenting, you know, and so in mindful parenting, we teach how to calm our own reactivity so that we can choose how do we want to respond. We'd learn how to take care of our own feelings and our triggers so that then we can model how to take care of difficult, you know, emotional Mm -hmm. regulation for our kids. And then we, we work on communication skills, right? So that we're not necessarily, we're using more effective communication skills that are not about using power over just to kind of give a little summary for Mm -hmm. this might be new to, but was this, was this very different from the way you were raised and what the kind of habits that were in your, you know, in your, you were sort of, um, conditioned with as a kid? 
I think bits and pieces of it. Um, <clears throat> I was, I was sent to, to time out a lot. I, I do recall that was like my mom's go-to of she just needed to get, to get the people out of the room so that they were kind of out of her mind, I think because of her own reactivity. Um, and it was a, it was a chance to just clear the space so that she could cool down and calm down, um, or she would storm off. And so it was kind of just like a, a separate the room rather than the reflective listening piece of like acknowledging each other's feelings in that moment. Instead, it was like a flea situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that was a piece of it, but, I do remember my mom just always being somebody that I could go and talk to also. Like Mm. she was that soft pillow to land on. And she was that person that I knew was always there to lend a listening ear. And I felt heard, I felt seen, but in the moment of like a heated situation, there was reactivity on her end, maybe because of a lack of her own understanding on how to, um, you know, choose a different choice or her own reactivity or self-care or whatever that was in her. Um, but she did the best she could with what, with what she could at that time. And so I don't recall my upbringing being, I had a lovely, a lovely childhood and I had a lovely, um, loving home that was, that felt peaceful at times. And then there was that disturbed peace, but I think that was just the reactivity piece of it. Um, looking at my own motherhood journey in the beginning of like, wow, I, I really, feel like my mom right now. Like this is my, this must've been how she was feeling. Um, and so seeing that pattern and the reactivity was definitely my biggest struggle in the beginning to where I was storming off or to where I was sending a child to a room and closing the door and they were left to just kind of deal with their feelings by themselves. And so that was the piece that I wanted to change. Um, how can we come together, reflective, listen to each other and start with a hug and just kind of connect before we could correct. And that was my heart's desire, but I wasn't, I didn't know how to do that. Didn't know how to walk, walk through that. So I think those are the biggest pieces that, um, that jump out to me just from my own, my own upbringing, not to say anything about my husband's upbringing that you're also like bringing into the picture too. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, from what you know, was his, uh, what was his upbringing? Like, do you know anything about it? Yeah, we've, we've had lots of conversations because of diving into this work. Um, it stirred up a lot of conversations that we didn't really talk about before of like, yeah, these generational patterns are a real thing and we're just blending our two molds together and parenting with those two styles. Um, he was brought up in a home that, that didn't acknowledge feelings at all. It kind of just pushed him under and then there was spanking involved. And so there was, there was that punishment piece, um, probably a lot of threatening and orders and those barriers that the course talks about as well. Um, and so, yeah, those were things that we didn't see were helpful, um, and didn't want to repeat in our own, our own parenting way. So, this work helped to bring those to the forefront and stir them up and talk about them and move in a different way. You know, some healthy skepticism in my life has served me well. And if you're like that, if you can spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from about a mile away, you read labels like it's your job, congratulations, you're a skeptic. And Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. 
I take Ritual's Essentials for Women 18 Plus every single day, morning and at lunch, and I am feeling great. I love this vitamin. Ritual's Essentials for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. Plus, Ritual Vitamins are vegan, non-GMO, project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp, and made traceable. They select lower carbon packaging, they prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients, and set ambitious climate goals. Plus, Ritual is a female-founded B Corp, which means they are responsible to the health of people and our planet. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash mindful. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash mindful for 25% off. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. It's interesting because that's like a kind of a snapshot, like with, you know, with both of your upbringing of what the the history of things, right? And that Mm -hmm. in the like 60s and 50s, they they introduced the idea of timeouts as an alternative to spanking because obviously kids are physical you know, being Mm -hmm. hit physically and that's not so good. And so pediatricians Mm -hmm. wanted to help people to stop spanking. And so they introduced timeout. So your mom was being -hmm. very skillful with what was available, you know, as as far as the knowledge that she had. Um, Yeah. And, and, and probably was Mm -hmm. a a lot less, but then even so, so you felt like you felt like that wasn't that you wanted more than that. What did it feel like for you when you were like kind of in that place of like, Oh God, like I'm, I'm doing this timeout thing. And I'm you know, what did that, when Mm -hmm. you go back to that place, what did that feel like for you? Yeah. Before you even asked that question, I was like feeling those emotions, like inside of like you thinking about that, you read my mind. Um, because when I was freed from the timeout, it was like, okay, I can go back to what I was doing. There was never any closure of like conversation about why I was sent to timeout. There wasn't any like, um, let's wrap this up and then move forward. It was kind of just like, okay, timeouts over, go back to what you were doing. But in the place of the timeout, um, that was where I was feeling my 
blood pressure rise, just becoming angry, um, angry and not really knowing what to do with that anger. And I remember she was always telling me, you know, you can punch a pillow, you can punch a pillow, but that felt stupid to me. That just felt like not, not good enough. Um, and so I was a door slammer and I remember putting holes in a few doors because I would kick the doors shut, like just out of this, like angry place that, um, where I didn't feel connected. It was just to go and take your feelings elsewhere. But then this burst of just like, I need to just get this, these emotions out. And so then that became in a physical sense of, you know, and that escalated, right? Like that became just going to my room and maybe a punch in the pillow to then something bigger of slamming a door to make a statement or make a noise or to kicking the door shut, you know, as I got bigger. So it felt really lonely. It felt like I didn't know what to do with these emotions and needed somebody to kind of guide me and coach me through what I was feeling and that it was okay to be feeling those feelings, but it's not okay to be destructive. Um, with those feelings. And so I just don't feel like I had that guidance or that peace, um, which then I was noticing that I was doing the same thing with my daughter when I would get triggered of repeating what my mom was doing, but then realizing and seeing her, seeing my daughter in her room and like, wow, she's feeling how I remember feeling. And I don't want that for her. And so shifting that to like, okay, let's talk about these feelings and let's talk about ways skillfully that you as a three-year-old can get these emotions out without being destructive, um, like I was. So, yeah, um, just for the listener, they've done research on stuff like pounding a pillow and stuff, and it actually doesn't help like make anger go away. It actually mm -hmm. exacerbates it. They mm -hmm. found that in mm -hmm. the research, um, but it's interesting that you were able to see that in your daughter and it was like, oh, you know, bell of mindfulness, like, mm. oh, this is happening again. Like, and this doesn't feel good. And this is yeah. not, not what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely to see just the look on her face or the, the scared feelings, or, um, then of course your own, your own inner self that's talking to you as well of like, this is, this is not right. Like something needs to change. This isn't peaceful. This isn't, this is just pulling ourselves away from each other. And that's not, my desire. So, um, yeah, I'm thankful for those experiences. And I think you really helped me to thank them for their service because that really then, um, was a place to be able to move on and begin that change and to then practice to see those benefits. Um, yeah, they're a catalyst, yeah. you know, it's like every challenge is an opportunity. And I think that's, that's a, a wonderful way to look at it. It's so interesting because mm -hmm. now that I've thought about this so much from so many different angles, you know, and now I've like, can look back at sort of the big picture of historically and the way uh, Western civilizations, you know, European civilizations and things really exalted rationality and the rational mind and things like that to the detriment and the way they really felt like feelings were, you know, low or base or not worth their time. And, and it, how the, this kind of, you know, kind of big, broad cultural mindset has perpetuated things like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas where people just really didn't know what to do with these feelings, right? Yeah, it was just right. like, we just didn't want them. And, mm -hmm. and so we're finally kind of figuring this out now. Mm -hmm. uh, I think in a broader cultural sense, it's really interesting. Sure. 
Yeah. Yeah, it is. It definitely is because these emotions like we're made to have them. It's okay to have them. It's just what we do with them. Um, which is the learned skill that takes practice <laughs> to, to, to practice that. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so your, your older daughter was three at the time, three is such a great age for that. Cause it's so much pushback <laughs> and you're like, Whoa, I do something. Sure. It's got to change. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the first two years were hard in a different sense you know, in that, in those baby stages and that sort of stuff, but more in the toddlerhood was more of like when I felt like I could, I felt like it was okay to leave her in her room by herself. Whereas, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there were definitely triggers in the, in the newborn stage and the, uh, but that was just basic needs of the ongoing crying or the disruption at night or those sorts of things that come with babyhood versus then when you shift into toddlerhood, where you have the language that's coming and, um, you know, more of the behavior because they're bigger and can express that. So, so when I asked you, like, here you go, mom, a three-year-old staying at home with your kids. And when I asked you to like sit down and meditate, were you like, come on? (laughs) (laughs) It was like, where, where do I find that? Because I had three, three children at the time. Um, when I started in this work and I think my youngest was three. So, or no, excuse me. I'm trying to think back of when, yeah, he was still a baby cause I was nursing him. And I remember that nursing him, I remember hearing whether it was you or somebody else, or I don't remember, but having that mindful moment while you're nursing and just whether that's gazing down at your little child that you're holding in your arms or just bringing attention to, um, the beauty of them nursing on your nipple, like just that mindful activity, I think piece was okay. Nursing is where that's going to be most appropriate because I'm there a lot. And that's like a forced sit. Otherwise I'm not sitting down the rest of the day really, because then I have two other children that need something else and the home and, you know, the list goes on. So I do recall nursing being like a mindful activity that that was where I started the practice. Um, and then moved into mindful walks because sitting alone quietly felt really uncomfortable. It felt, I already felt defeated before I even started, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, and I didn't want to feel defeated. I already felt defeated in so many other areas of my motherhood journey that I think I then took to emotions need motion. And so then Mm. I switched to mindful walk. And if that was with my kids, then that was just really being mindful of what are they sharing with me? What are they stopping to see in the grass there or, um, the sounds or the warmth of the sun or that sort of thing. So I didn't go straight into sitting quietly by myself in stillness. It was always like an activity to focus my attention on, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I think before I meditated for, I mean, I didn't have kids at the time, but for many years I did running and I just ran, mm-hmm. you know, I initially started running with headphones on. And when I was in high school, I would like listen to like nine inch nails and hang <laughs> clan and be like this aggressive, like <laughs> hip hop rock running. And then, and then eventually I started running without, and it was sure. like, Oh, okay. What a difference. Became yeah. this mindful activity for me. And mm-hmm. it still is. It's, it's nice to have something that a way to 
move into it because your mind is, you realize your mind is so restless. Like if, Mm -hmm. if you just sort of, I guess sometimes for some of us, if we just sit with it, it's like that restlessness is too much. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you you listen to your podcasts. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. It was. It was too much for me initially. Um... And it just stirred up a lot of emotions of frustration. And I could, I had the awareness to like, to sense that and see that. And so it was like, okay, I want to be successful. I want to like finish this feeling successful and then kind of build on that, but also trust the process along the way that I will get to a place where sitting in stillness by myself will be, you know, that was like my end goal. And so I just kind of reversed it and started with a mindful activity um, mindfulness time with my kids, mindful walking, um, whether that was by myself or with the kids and then moving now, but it was also a really spiritual practice too. Like it really, um, I'm a person of faith and believe in the creator. And, and I had kind of pushed God aside, I think in my early motherhood days of like doing this in my own strength and realizing like, wow, I can't mother my children in my own strength. I need outside power, outside help, um, of encouragement. And so kind of going through the mindful parenting over the years has really been like a spiritual journey in a sense too, that has drawn me back to those beliefs for me. And so now I actually really crave that stillness and that quiet, um, because I view it as a sense of just sitting in stillness with God. And he's the one that gives me my breath and my life. And, and so now that's like a anchor, that's my anchor and that's my anchor in my practice now. And so it's been a really interesting, um, I wasn't expecting it to be a spiritual journey. I was just hoping mm-hmm. to change things in parenting, but they, they have to go hand in hand if you have that. And so, um, yeah, it was, 
it was, it was, it's been beautiful. So. I think it is. Yeah. I could see that. I think it is a, I mean, for me, it's a spiritual journey Mm -hmm. of connection with, with everything that is and that, that is there. It's not, it's not what I lead with, right? Like I want right, to teach right. people the practical benefits yes, yes. of like your brain and everything, but yes, it's true. It yeah. is a spiritual journey to, to really pay attention to, yeah, the, the feelings that, you know, are coming up that are here that we all have mm-hmm. and to, and to feel our bodies to really be embodied Mm -hmm. is different from the way that we mostly go through our lives. And it's funny how that that's the only way, like we want this way out of yelling. We want this way to, or or, our reactivity. We want this way out of it, but the only way out of it is through and to have this, you have to be brave. You know, you have to be brave to be able to sit with the stuff that's coming up for you and to be clearly look at it. Yeah. 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 And And a lot was being stirred up and it wasn't something that I felt like going to my spouse or my mom or my dad, like that was where God just really drew me back to him and to his presence. And like, I am here with you. I have been here with you. I have never left your side throughout this whole journey. And just really letting me know that I was the one that walked away. I was the one that kind of walked out of that relationship and, and went forth with it in my own strength and my own power and completely failed, like completely failed time and time again, and was falling, falling down and falling down. And, you know, eventually just got to like my lowest of low and being like, how do I climb back out of this? Like, I don't think I can do this alone. And of course I landed with your work and, um, and just felt the compassion and the non, the non-judgmental piece of it as well. And so that your work was a safe place for me. And that was a place to like begin and to get to that felt like, okay, wow, Hunter really cares. Like she really gets it. Like she really sees and hears the struggles. And, um, and so I really believe that he used you in a powerful way in my life to just help me get out of that first of all, and to just get to kind of that first layer of this walk and this journey. And then to just kind of like, okay, come back alongside with me and let's do this together and, and work through this. Um, and so it's just been a really, it's been an interesting journey that I didn't, um, I didn't know what to expect. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's been cool. (laughs) You're describing this conflict between like ego, right. And the sort of small sense of self and like our willpower. And I think we have culturally this, like all this, like sort of unwarranted belief in the power of our willpower. Right. Mm. And it's, and to me, when I think about it, that's like, there is, you know, there you're describing like a sense of surrender, right. A sense Mm -hmm. of acceptance of acceptance of like, yeah, I'm not just going to be able to choose. I'm not going to be able to just will this. Yes. It has to be practice and action and mm-hmm. acceptance of what is. And it, it really is a, 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 a something between sort of that small sense of self and that ego mm-hmm. versus, you know, a, a larger sense of like acceptance of you know, our perfectly imperfectness. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We have to, I mean, we have to do our part. Like we can't just sit back and expect those changes to happen without pulling our own weight. Um, but I just felt like 
I just felt like he came back alongside and I came back alongside. And then it was like, all right, together, we're going to walk through this. And I will give you the strength in those hard moments. Like you said, that we have to go through this. Like you can't just get to the other side easily overnight. Like you're going to have to walk through this and this is going to be uncomfortable, painful, discouraging, you know, but it's going to take perseverance and, um, to have faith in the process and to trust the process that I will get you to that place that is your goal. Um, and so it's just been neat to walk, to walk through that, that journey. What, um, in your own family, in your own life, what changes and have you seen? Um, well, I see the word peace behind you. And that was, (laughs) that was something that, um, when I first heard one of your podcasts, it was, it was what, how you open your podcast with of, um, help me, help me with you the cannot beginning. Give what yes. You thank you. Yes. You yes. It like totally just went <laughs> Call them in peace with them. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then you can give it to your children. And those words just were, were the initial like piercing of my heart of like, calm and peace within. I thought I had calm and peace within, but clearly I don't. And so how do I get that? And what does that look like? Um, and so I've been chasing this idea of peace and like, what is peace and what, what does that look like inside me first so that then I can give it to my children and then my home can be a peaceful place or a place of peace. Um, and so that was, that was really, the thing that I was chasing was inner peace inside myself, um, so that my home could feel like a peaceful place. And so those are the biggest changes that I notice and that I have been told by other people that in my family, as they've kind of walked this journey from the sidelines, some right in there with me, you know, um, and that that's kind of been what they have shared is like, you just really have that. And I didn't share this with people. I didn't share that. I was like seeking for peace. That was like a total inner. I didn't want to share that with people because I didn't want to be watched or in the spotlight along this Mm -hmm. journey. Um, but it's been neat to hear people just share like, wow, you just seem really peaceful and calm and grounded. And those are kind of the describing words that people share with me. And it's like, wow, little did they know that that's what I was chasing, like, or trying to get, you know? Um, so yeah, just calm and peace in our home and groundedness and, um, confidence, but not cocky confidence, like just confidence in, we can do this. Like we can work through hard things. We can solve hard problems. We can get through hardships or struggles in a peaceful way. Um, so I think those are the biggest, the biggest pieces in our home. And then of course, tending to the emotions too, by listening and sitting with my children in those emotions rather than pushing them out of the room. Um, because I wanted that as a child and didn't realize I wanted that until as an adult, looking back at that, um, realizing that, oh, that's what I, that's what I guess I needed, but didn't have. So, and that takes a lot of strength to be able to sit there with some, with a, you know, five-year-old wild emotions. (laughs) That takes like an enormous amount of groundedness and and all that stuff. Yes. And before I was trying to do that in my own strength. And so that's where I guess my faith and my, that spiritual aspect comes in of like, okay, God, I can't sit here with this in my own strength. Please like just be here with me and, and fill me with your peace and fill me with your, your strength because I don't have it on my own. Um, and so then that's where the, the spiritual aspect really came in of like, wow, this is like, 
This is really deep, deeper work than I had initially thought when I first started it. Um, so yeah, those are the, those are the biggest pieces in our home. I have a similar thing sometimes, like I, I, the way I would put it personally in my own sort of Mm -hmm. spiritual journey is that there's a Buddha in everybody, right? Like there's an enlightened being in everybody Mm -hmm. that we all have this core of enlightened, you know, completely heartful, completely peacefulness within us. Mm -hmm. And, and I had a real hard time, not that long ago. And I went out of the house and I sat on the bridge across the street, my house, and I cried. And then eventually, you know, I said to myself, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to let the Buddha breathe for me, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's this, this way of like reaching outside myself and saying, okay, here, this, this enlightened piece of myself, this, you know, that I know I'm interconnected with all that is, you know, Mm -hmm. and to say, you do it for me, I give up. Right. And, and uh, so I, Mm -hmm. and it helped. Mm -hmm. It really helped. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> it's, I love how you also said that other people said you were calm and grounded. And I, I could relate to that too. And that I thought it was so funny. I was like, you think I'm like, people would say that to me and like, your voice is so calm and grounded. I'd be like, really? Like, <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> yes. I definitely had those doubts like, you know, earlier on, but um. Now I, now I like feel confident in, in that, not, and like I said, in a very humble way, not in a cocky sense. And like, I'm going to puff up and like super proud, but I am proud. I'm proud of the journey and I'm grateful for that journey. And yes, I have poured in a lot of time and effort and work and practice. And, um, and it's taken a lot. Um, it's taken a lot of due diligence or mm-hmm. commitment, um, mm-hmm. lots of pieces, right. Where I've had to do my, por- my portion to make this work really, um, to then bear the fruit of this work, I guess. And so, yeah, when people have shared that it's been uncomfortable to receive, cause it's like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. But now that when I am told that, um, just for example, yesterday in a Valentine card from my husband, just his sweet words that he wrote in there of like, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with the words that you're speaking to me. Um, because I, I feel that inside myself now. Um, Mm. and that was just really neat. I think that was the first time of accepting it and to be like, yes, I, I agree. I agree with you on those words of like how he perceives me or how he sees me. Um, walking through this, this journey of parenting. So, um, yes, girl, yeah, you did some, yeah. some work and yes, you should be proud of it. <laughs> um, and your, you know, your husband, he wrote to us, uh, a sort of a testimonial of like what That's right. was yeah, in, yeah. Our, in his life. And he said that he, you know, he had some questions and some doubts mm-hmm. at first and he's like, what is she doing? And, and you, you know, he, you changed his mind. Mm. Yeah. 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 I, I, I remember those early, those early weeks or maybe months of just 
I could just couldn't get enough of like the online self-paced course. I was like, I'm going to go back and do another module. Like I just kind of just dove into it. And, um, you know, and then of course would share that with him just to process through it and just to have Mm -hmm. a conversation with him. And he'd be like, I don't know about that. You know, just really weary, leery, weary, weary. No, what's the right word? Leery. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Leery of it. Um, but it wasn't anything that, um, inside myself, it was like, no, I just know that I need to stay on this course. I know this is work that I, I need to continue doing. So, you know, <laughs> screw you. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to listen to this. I need to do this for myself first. Um, and so, yes, the more time that passed and just sharing bits and pieces of this is how we need to handle something. And just, can you just try this with me, you know, or can mm. you just support me in this or sharing a skillful way of doing something and then him trying it with the kids and being like, wow, that actually, um, was effective and effective and felt good on both, both, mm. um, the recipient and the, the parent. So yeah, little by little, he had a change of heart too. And I think is really grateful for what the journey has been as well. So that's, um, that's great. Cause that, I just had a conversation, uh, with Ka- uh, Kara Hopp and who, who is a psychologist. And okay. we talked about that idea of like, well, what if you have different parenting styles and things like that? And that's what she said. Like, well, let's, let's just try this for right now and see how it goes. That's exactly what she said to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you did that very yeah, naturally. Yeah. Like, let's just try this. Right. And that's, uh, sounds like that was really effective for you. Yeah. It definitely wasn't like a try it once and then can it, if it doesn't like, this is like, you know, like, no, we're going to stick with this for a few months, like to really, um, to really learn it. So I would clarify on that piece. Like, don't, (laughs) don't think that it's not working if you just try it once or twice. That's true. That's true. There might be some residual resistance. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Quite a bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. All right, cool. So. so this is amazing. Um, so now you're teaching, you're teaching your third session. So cool. Um, what it, what is sharing this with your, with the people in your community? Like, yeah, it's been a, um, it's been a, there's been a learning curve for myself, obviously to be on this end of it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be under you as far as like, this is her work. And yes, I like, believe in this so much, you know, but then, like you said, there's bits and pieces in that work to interject, right. Your own personal story, which is going to be different than yours or, you know, a different mindful parenting teacher. And so just kind of a learning curve of where to put that in, um, and kind of how that fits with, um, with what the mindful parenting teacher guidebook is, um, And so that's been an interesting, and I take away something different after each I have now that this is the third time, third round, I've taken away something different each time. And so just being open, I think to each group of mothers, this time I actually have a, um, a couple, a husband and a wife that are sitting together and then, um, a mom. So there's the three of them. And that's just to bring in the husband, the spouse this time. And we're only two sessions in coming up on our third just brings a whole different dynamic. And I think just being open-minded about it, um, bringing in that curiosity piece as well, because it definitely is just bringing a different element to having the partnership there. 
that are learning from this and receiving this information and then sharing individually their wins, even though they're in the same home raising the same child. So that's been really neat. I'm excited to continue with the seven other sessions and, and hearing what that's like for them. So um, yeah, it's been, it's been good. I taught, I taught it in person to a group of eight couples one time and they had, there was, it was cool. It was um, a community group wrote a grant and they had me teach. I taught mindful parenting and they, you know, we were up in a, we were in a church We were, and the kids were like down in like the rec room with a childcare mm-hmm. person. So it's really nice to yeah. have, have that parenting partners yes. together. Yeah. It was so nice. Cause you got such huge diversity of views and it's really, really interesting to, mm-hmm. to see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's all been over zoom. I, I tried to have an in-person session and I just didn't have the interest here in our, in our community. Um, a goal of mine is to have around my dining room table, have an in-person session. Like that just makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside just thinking about it. So I hope that that can happen at some point. Um, but we're new to this area. We've been here for a year and I'm still building that community. So it's just been through zoom. Um, but I have had a few opportunities to, I've realized that not everybody wants to say yes to the eight week commitment. And Mm -hmm. so how can I still share this work with people, but in a much smaller sense, um, And so I asked our chiropractor's office if I could hold like a hour long, just evening um, session, because they do a lot of education in the evening and they were open to it. And the chiropractor's wife came and there was like 11 that had signed up. And so I just did put together like a short PowerPoint presentation on breaking down mindful parenting. What is it? What are the two, um, two pillars to kind of your mindful parenting work and just kind of like a snapshot as to what this work is, um, which was really neat and challenging for me to like, okay, how do I take this eight weeks and put it into one hour that if I was sitting receiving this information, what would be some nugget that I could take away from this? Um, In hopes that of course, by sharing this with them, that this is an eight week course that they would maybe then have the interest to like, oh yeah, I would like to learn more about it. So it's kind of like an introduction with a snapshot with a little mindfulness practice at the end. Um, and that was challenging, but that was really exciting to be able to pull that together and, and put that forth and receive the feedback from, um, from people that attended to that. So I have had that opportunity as well. Um, and sharing at my children's old co-op preschool at their parent, their parent meeting that they have every month. So I've had the opportunity to do that, um, twice now, which was the same presentation, but, um, yeah, yeah, so that's been neat. (laughs) Yeah, that's been neat. Just a different, a different style and, um, something shorter. So are you seeing, uh, what's happening for your students? What are you, what are you seeing happening for them? So it's, um, it's been, it's been interesting. Like once the eight week course finishes, these are people that are, some of them are friends that are still in my life, um, you know, on a, not a daily basis, but, um, to where I'm, I, I think of them, you know, a random day and check in with them and just see how's, how is, how's it going now that it's been a few months since being done with the course. And, um, so that's been neat to just kind of continue those relationships in a different way now. And, with a little bit of accountability, but then I also realized I can't do that with every, every student, right? Like (laughs) I can't, I can't do that with everybody, but just those every now and then someone will be put on my heart and to reach out to. So, um, but I think for some, it's been just the self-care, like how much they need 
to find time to truly give themselves care before they can pour into their children. Mm -hmm. Um, cause they just keep pouring with an empty cup and it's not going well. So I think yeah. that's been some of the reaction that has been stirred up. Um, the generational patterns has been really interesting for some students to be like, Oh, I never thought about looking at my spouse and my partner's upbringing and mine and how we just put those together and just kind of roll with that. Um, and so that's been another, another piece that has been talked about. And then the skillful communication, I think has been the biggest challenge for the parents as to what that looks like. Um, and so that's been the biggest piece of just encouraging them that this isn't like, you don't just use this iMessage once and it works. Like this is a <laughs> practice, a learned practice, like learning a new language. That's going to take months and months and months, um, maybe even years until you really get it, get it down. So um, that's been another piece that is, that has been stirred up for people um, now that they've, that they've taken it. So. Mm. I see, I see a refresher course in your future. <laughs> <laughs> yes. For your, for your, for your parents. With, uh, yeah. With, with you, Robin. Um, this is so cool. I mean, I, I really love, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much time has gone by. What is, <laughs> that yes. sometimes happens to me when I have a podcast conversation, but, um, I, um, I've really enjoyed, just talking to you about this, hearing about your own story and what's happening with you with it. Um, and it's, it really brings me a lot of joy. You can see like, my yes, yes. Right <laughs> <laughs> it should bring you joy. That's a good thing. <laughs> um, yeah. is there anything we didn't touch on that you feel like the listener should know about when thinking about mindful parenting or even maybe thinking about the teacher training? Um, perseverance comes, comes to my mind because it really, it's, I think it's easy to get discouraged in the beginning when you're still learning this, like you're learning this and you're wanting it to work so bad. You're wanting to see change so desperately, you know, especially for parents that are in really desperate, hard places. Um, and I was, I was in a really hard, desperate place where things were, things were not peaceful at all. Um, and so I think I would just encourage people that find themselves in a season of desperation and they just want something to work. Um, I would just encourage to have perseverance because it does, it's, it is transformational work, but we have to put in our portion to make this transformation happen, um, as well as just trusting that process. And if that process is three months, trusting in that three months. If that process for you is shorter, then that's awesome. If it's longer, I think just continuing to have that mindset of just keep persevering um, and you will see change. Yeah, I think that those these are tools that we can really, really trust. As you're talking about that yeah. idea of perseverance, it made me think of like, planting a seed, you know, we mm. plant a seed and then mm -hmm. we have to water yeah. it. We need sunshine. You know, we need soil. We have to wait. We have to wait yes. and keep watering this yes. like bare patch of ground for, <laughs> for a, for a long time, yes. for a while, you know? Yeah. And you have yeah. to trust that that flower is going to come up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cause seasons of life change, right? Our kids get older and things shift in the home like your environment around you externally is always changing as we've seen in the world too, you know, the world is changing around us as well. So, um, and there's only so much of that change that we can, 
can control, you know, and then otherwise a lot of that's just changing and we can't control those changes. We have to go through it. And so that's, I think why perseverance comes to my mind of like staying steady, staying to the course, um, and trusting the process along the way as your kids age and change and whatever those pieces of development that shift attitudes, behaviors, language, you know, all of that. Um, but this work is work that is so applicable to any age, um, any relationship really in your life. So, yeah. yeah. I'm really realizing that as my daughter goes from 14 to 15 and the challenges and yes. things that are going on with that. Yeah. It, I return to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Robin, thank yeah. you so, so very oh, much. You're I, welcome. I really thank appreciate you. you coming on. Um, you can find Robin at mindfulmamamentor.com under the membership tab. You can find a, a link to reach out to her. Tell people where you are if they want a mindful parenting teacher and where they can find you. Yeah, I live in Central Oregon area. Um, and yes, on your website takes you to a link to the website that I had someone help me create just as a landing pad for to send people. And it's um, mamabirdrobin.com. So mamabirdrobin.com. Yes. So appropriate. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's so wonderful. Yes. Thank you, Robin. Yeah, thank it's been you. a real wonderful pleasure to have yes. this time to talk together. It has been, yes. It's brought me joy as well. So thank you for the opportunity. I so enjoyed talking to Robin and I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. I mean, she's so such a good person and I, I really feel safe having her take my baby of mindful parenting and teach it out in the world. It's pretty, pretty awesome. And thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I'm, I really, really appreciate your ears. I appreciate you connecting with me here on the podcast. It's such a, I mean, I'm an avid podcast listener. I love podcasts. Such a great way to learn and grow and water your good seeds. So I hope, I hope that this is doing that for you. I hope I'm doing being a good gardener right now watering some of your good seeds and hey for at least for me here in Delaware USA spring has sprung here I got all the crocuses up in my drop in my yard I got daffodils coming up I have a really woodsy house so I'm a big bulb planter in the fall and so I'm so excited I'll have to let you know how it goes because last year I got my girls to help me and we took this one section we had like kind of our tiered garden area of this one section it was just like all going to weeds and I planted 500 daffodil bulbs there I'm so excited to see what happens I'll have to let you know maybe I'll put some pictures on Instagram so anyway yeah I I truly believe in like you know I kind of think of it like as like the like parenting right like you have to put put these investments uh, early, right? And you have to wait, right? Wait through the winter to do some work. You have to do all this work. You have to turn all those little bulbs up, put in some energy, some time, some money, and wait. And then finally, you know, wait, trust that these shoots are going to grow. And then the payoff is amazing. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like a nice metaphor. But yeah, I'll let you know how it goes. And I wish you a beautiful week. I hope you got some beautiful flowers growing wherever you are and that you can take time to appreciate. Wow, 
what a miracle that is to have these amazing, alive plants with so much beauty just growing. It's amazing sometimes if you really think about it. So I hope you can enjoy that this week. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I um, can't wait to connect with you again next week. Talk to you soon. Namaste. Say definitely do it. It's really helpful. It will change your relationship with your kids for the better. It will help you communicate better. And just, I'd say communicate better as a person, as a wife, as a spouse. It's been really a positive influence in our lives. So definitely do it. I'd say definitely do it. It's so worth it. The money really is inconsequential when you get so much benefit from being a better parent to your children and feeling like you're connecting more with them and not feeling like you're yelling all the time or you're like, why isn't things working? I would say definitely do it. It's so, so worth it. It'll change you. No matter what age someone's child is, it's a great opportunity for personal growth and it's a great investment in someone's family. I'm very thankful I have this. You can continue in your old habits that aren't working or you can learn some new tools and gain some perspective to shift everything in your parenting. Are you frustrated by parenting? Do you listen to the experts and try all the tips and strategies, but you're just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does it all seem so overwhelming with too much to learn? Are you yearning for a community of people who get it? who also don't want to threaten and punish to create cooperation? Hi, I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and if you answered yes to any of these questions, I want you to seriously consider the Mindful Parenting membership. You'll be joining hundreds of members who have discovered the path of mindful parenting and now have confidence and clarity in their parenting. This isn't just another parenting class. This is an opportunity to really discover your unique, lasting relationship, not only with your children, but with yourself. It will translate into lasting, connected relationships, not only with your children, but your partner too. Let me change your life. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com to add your name to the waitlist, so you will be the first to be notified when I open the membership for enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside mindfulparentingcourse.com. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel 
real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep. Oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking.